your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Friday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and I just want to say thank you for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast wherever you get podcasts at for free every single weekday. We're dropping a new episode. We can also be found on YouTube at Locked On Hawkeyes for free every single weekday. I want to remind you that after this Purdue game, after what should be a win for the Iowa Hawkeyes over Purdue, we're going to be breaking down that game with former Iowa running back LeSean Daniels as we do every single week. And if you haven't listened to the rest of the episodes this week, I highly recommend you do. We broke down some stuff about Iowa Penn State. We talked a lot about injury gate. That's what I'm calling it these days. And we also dove deep into what is Purdue going to do in this game. This is a different Purdue team than what we're used to seeing. On today's episode, though, we're going to be tying all of that together. And we're diving into what to expect from this game. What are the key storylines? What am I hoping to see? And what is my ultimate prediction for this Iowa-Purdue game? You can get all that on today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. So without further ado, let's hop into it. Let's get into the show today. And first and foremost, is this Purdue team going to do what Purdue always does to Iowa? Right? I mean, that's the biggest concern here. When you look at this game, the biggest concern for me is that on paper, Iowa should beat Purdue. I've said this for the last four years. Since I've been covering the show, every year I go into this game and I say, on paper, Iowa should win. Every year I say that. It's just like Northwestern. On paper, Iowa typically is the most talented team. Iowa typically should win those games. Yet Purdue is starting to become a Northwestern to me. The team where I just can't feel comfortable until the game is over. And it's in large part because Jeff Brom has had Iowa's number. Jeff Brom has had Phil Parker's number even. Against, against Iowa, Phil... Jeff Brom becomes this magical offensive coordinator god. It's been ridiculous what he is doing. He attacks Iowa in ways Iowa isn't used to being attacked in. He attacks Iowa with one receiver each year. Each year, one receiver has an explosive day. He gets Iowa into uncomfortable situations. When you look at the penalty numbers, Iowa has historically in the last four, I say historically, in the last four seasons, had higher than average penalty numbers against Purdue. Part of that is the pressure Purdue puts on Iowa's defense. Part of that is on Iowa not playing clean football against Purdue. And then finally, look at this game and you think, man, Iowa's coming off such a big win over Penn State, a very emotionally high-stakes type of game. You rush the field. You beat a top-five team. And we're still talking about that game, even getting into Friday because of injury gate. And what Kirk Ferentz had to say and what James Franklin had to say several times. Purdue, meanwhile, had a bye week. They're off a loss to Minnesota and they have had two weeks to prepare for the Iowa Hawkeyes. And they've also been preparing for the Iowa Hawkeyes all summer, according to Jeff Brom. They've studied Phil Parker's defense, not just for their offense, but also so they could replicate what Phil Parker is doing on defense for Purdue's defense. And whatever they took seems to be working because Purdue's defense is much better than in previous years past at least from a yardage-allowed perspective. Now, when we dove into the analytics last year, it showed to me 
or this yesterday, I should say, sorry, not last year, getting back into my years. When we dove into the analytics yesterday, it shows a different Purdue team than what the pure stats say, than what the yardage allowed says. To me, it says Purdue does have some weaknesses. They're also missing quite a few guys that are big, impactful players on their team. We're going to get into all that. So let's start off, though. Let's get into injuries. That's probably the most, the biggest impactful thing that you can guaranteedly say. Um, Purdue, despite having that bye week, is still struggling with injuries. They are getting their starting tight end back, which is phenomenal. But they're missing their starting cornerback, who was a three-year starter, Corey Trice. He was expected to potentially play this week. Turns out he apparently suffered a season-ending knee injury this week in practice, which is incredibly unfortunate. Uh, so Corey Trice, one of Purdue's starting quarter cornerbacks, is out for the season and obviously out for this game as well. Two of Purdue's backup wide receivers, they're three and four or four and five, I believe, wide receivers, are actually fourth and fifth wide receivers. I, I know that for sure, are out in this game as well. Their backup running back is out as along with their starting running back in Xander Horvath, a guy who absolutely dominated Iowa last year and was a big reason why was Purdue was able to come back in that game against the Hawks. So I so Purdue is missing several key players in this game. Iowa is not exactly 100% healthy either. We know that Riley Moss is out in this game. Several of Iowa's offensive linemen got banged up in the last week. Uh, Kyler Schott, Cody Ince. Uh, Connor Colby. So we're we're seeing some of those guys also kind of work their way back in. My expect expectation is that they're all going to be playing in this game. That's what it sounds like, according to Kirk Ferentz. But we are missing our starting cornerback Riley Moss, who is very much in the running to be the nation's top corner. That's a big loss for Iowa. But behind them, they have Terry Roberts stepping in. They have Jamari Harris and they have Xavier Williams. All three guys I have high expectations for, and I expect them to play well. But they are getting a very tough challenge because if it isn't David Bell, it's someone else. It always is someone else. And that gets me into wide receivers. Which wide receiver from Purdue is going to burn Iowa? It happens every year. I mean, at this point, it's like freaking clockwork. 2017, Anthony Mahogany, seven catches, 135 yards. 2018, Terry Wright, six catches, 146 yards and three touchdowns. David Bell, 13 catches for 197 yards in 2019. 13 catches for 121 yards and three scores in last year's game. There's always a guy who hurts Iowa. Now, if Iowa focuses all the resources on stopping David Bell, there's a chance that either Milton Wright or Jackson Anthrop step up and hurt Iowa again. That's what concerns me about this game. No matter what we do, it seems like someone's going to hurt Iowa. Now, granted, last year, David Bell, he was not the reason Iowa lost this game. Yes, giving up three touchdowns to one wide receiver is never going to be good, but a lot of our issues last year can be blamed on two things. It's penalties. And it's throwing the ball 50 freaking times, despite the fact that you were running very successfully in that game. And that gets me to my third point, running the ball. Can Iowa run the ball against Purdue? Traditionally, they haven't done very well. Last year was the only year they did well running the ball. And for some reason, they moved away from the running game and put the ball in Spencer Petrus's hands. The first game, the first game he's ever started, they put the ball in Spencer's hands and say, go win us a ball game that we're already winning. But in 2017, Iowa rushed 38 times for 82 yards as a 2.15 yard per carry average. 2018, 37 rushes, 118 yards, 3.1 yards per carry. 2019, 33 rushes, 102 yards, 3.09 yards per carry. Last year was the only year they were successful. 36 rushes, 195 yards, a 5.4 yard per carry average. But again, they put the ball in Spencer's hands when he was not ready to have the ball in his hands. That's concerning. 
That was concerning across the board. Can Iowa run the ball against Purdue? You better believe they are going to try to stop Iowa's running a game. That's what every team has tried to do. Colorado State did it pretty successfully. Maryland tried to do it, but Iowa had a, a counterpunch where they were just going to throw the ball all over Maryland. Penn State did it and did it pretty well. Iowa stuck to the running game, though, which definitely gives me some, some confidence in Brian Ferentz, as opposed to getting away from the running game like he has done in the past when it was not going as well. He stuck to the running game against Penn State, and we ultimately did get some big chunk plays with Tyler Goodson as they stayed patient and were able to do so. Coming into this game, Purdue is allowing 3.8 yards per carry. Can Iowa continue to chip away against Purdue? I believe they can, but I don't think it's going to be the way they traditionally have. I think it's going to be more like Maryland versus the way Iowa played against Penn State. I think Iowa is going to have to open it up with the passing attack and then create those running lanes with Tyler Goodson, especially if Purdue does focus on stopping the run, which I think is going to be their outlet in this game. That is going to be the way they win this game. Additionally, Penn State gave a blueprint almost to how to make Iowa a little bit more ineffective, and that is blitzing. But Penn State had the cornerbacks to stay in coverage a little bit longer. Does Purdue have that? I don't think they do. Yes, they're not allowing very many yards per game. I believe 175. But across the board, advanced analytics tells me Purdue's corners are actually not that strong in coverage, and they're also missing their starting corner. Their safeties struggle with deep balls. Jeff Brom even said as much. He said, we are struggling with some guys getting over top of us. So be on the lookout for Keegan Johnson. Be on the lookout for Charlie Jones. We're going to talk a little bit more about that and what the offense can do against Purdue's defense and why I think that's a big storyline coming up in a few short moments. I do want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It comes in so many delicious flavors and they have so many awesome limited time flavors. I have the white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles. It is truly phenomenal. They're coming out with a pumpkin chocolate chip, I believe, soon. I think. I don't know for sure. But if they do, get your hands on it. It is absolutely delicious. These bars are so tasty. But my favorite part about these bars is not the taste. It's the health benefits. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein, between 130 and 180 calories, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. And did you know that the Built Bar is the official protein bar of the USA track and field team? Pretty cool, huh? If it's good enough for them, probably good enough for us. So go to built.com, that's B-U-I-L-T.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. And I want to thank you all for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find us wherever you get podcasts at, and also on YouTube for free daily by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. And as we were talking before we took a quick break, I believe this offense has the ability to attack Purdue's defense. Purdue's defense has not been a strong unit in the past. This year it's getting better, but there are several weaknesses to this Purdue defense. And Jeff Brom highlighted it. He said, we're allowing guys to get over top of our safeties. He said, we're struggling in essentially hybrid downs, whether it's not, you know, we're not sure if it's a passing out or running down, basically third and middle to go, third and four, third and five, third and six. They haven't done a great job in rushing defense in those situations. And when you look at the stats, they haven't done a good job of closing out and getting sacks on the quarterback. To this point, I think Iowa should have an opportunity there. Purdue at this point is 105th in sack percentage. Iowa, meanwhile, though, is 81st in sack percentage allowed. Spencer's a tree. We know that. He's not going to get out of the pocket very well. 
And we've had some pretty inconsistent games from our offensive linemen across the board. It, is, it hasn't been the entire unit every single game. It's been one or two guys have struggled in pass protection. And when you're going up against a George Karlaftis, which I did get some uh, – if Nick Kendall is he listening to this, he he gave me some heat for not giving enough credit to George Karlaftis, a guy who is arguably the best defensive player in the Big Ten, going to be a first-round draft pick more than likely at that defensive end position. This is a guy – who has had two sacks in two games against the Iowa Hawkeyes, and Iowa better be prepared to stop him. But outside of him, and, and to, to be fair, up until this point, George has been double and triple teamed consistently, which is why he hasn't had as much of an impact. But Purdue needs more impact from their defensive linemen. But again, I see some weaknesses in this defense. I think Iowa needs to pass on first down. They need to run on those third and their second and mid, third and mids, and, and, and basically in sets where I or Purdue does not really have a guaranteed pass down or a guaranteed running down. Basically, Brian Ferris needs to flip the script on what Iowa typically does. And I think they do, without a doubt, need to take shots deep. Keegan Johnson has shown the ability to break man coverage. Charlie Jones has the ability to get deep. Purdue's safeties have not been impressive to me in playing the deep ball. And Jeff Brom, again, has said as much. Now, does Purdue try to take a, a page out of Penn State's playbook, play man coverage most of the day, and blitz a lot? If they do, Purdue does not have the corners to handle that. So Iowa's offense should have a pretty good day against a Purdue defense that, yes, is on paper doing really well. But I think there's several weaknesses that Iowa can attack here. But let's talk a little bit about Purdue's offense. Again, we talked about the wide receiver group. We talked about running the ball. Last year, they did a good job with that. But the big thing that we need to worry about at this point is turnovers from an offensive perspective for Iowa. We have struggled with turnovers in the past. We've gotten sloppy against Purdue. Purdue meanwhile, hasn't done that against Iowa, but coming into this game, they're one of the worst teams in the nation in turnover margin. Aiden O'Connell turned the ball over at a pretty decent rate. We need to continue to force those turnovers. Now, again, I do not respect Purdue's running attack when you're missing two of your three running backs, like considering one of your starting running backs, and the fact that your offensive linemen have all graded out pretty poor in run blocking. So Iowa, if they can stop Purdue's running attack with four defensive linemen, that allows seven guys to be focused on pass, pass coverage. That allows potentially two guys to be eyeing up David Bell at all times. You have a linebacker group that can stop their tight end. Their honorable mention, all Big Ten tight end. Iowa has the guys this year to stop Purdue in the passing attack. Now, it definitely depends, though, which quarterback comes out there. If it's Jack Plummer, there's going to be some short throws, a lot of short dink and dunk type throws, not a lot of opportunities for Iowa. They come out with Aiden O'Connell. They're looking to go deep. They're looking to have explosive plays against a defense that does not allow explosive plays. And why not? When you've got a guy like David Bell, who can make some absurd catches, and you're going up against a team missing one of their starting corners, you better take some shots. Why not take some shots? But that's going to be up to Iowa, relying on their secondary depth to be able to stop that. And I believe Iowa has the people and the, the players to be able to do that. Now, Jack Kerner talked about in his press conference that Iowa has worked on a few things coming into this game. What I love about this game is the chess match we're going to see between Phil Parker and between Jeff Brom. You better believe Phil Parker has a few wrinkles up his sleeve, but Iowa's going to have to stay patient and wait on certain things. Jeff Brom is going to be pulling out some trick plays. They're going to be pulling out some interesting things that Iowa hasn't seen on tape. But Phil Parker's defense is typically capable of handling that, and I expect we're going to see a little bit different of a defense. 
is Iowa, especially with especially with non-mobile quarterbacks, not a very good rushing attack, a tight end who Iowa can handle a man coverage. This is a perfect opportunity to bust out a bit more man for Iowa. Let Matt Hankins follow David Bell all over the field. Have Terry Roberts take the number two guy. Have Dane Belton take whoever's in the slot, more than likely Jackson Anthrop, who primarily operates out of the slot. Let our safeties go over top and handle any deep things, and let our linebackers do the rest. If we need to, Justin Jacobs can handle a wide receiver, their fourth wide out if needed, but he can also handle the tight end. He can handle the running back out there. Jack Campbell can do this. Seth Benson can do this. I think this is the opportunity. If I'm Phil Parker, I'm introducing a bit more man into this game because of what I've seen from Purdue to this point. Now that remains to be seen whether or not that happens, but that's what I would do in this game. We're going to get into a little bit more about the penalties and turnovers. And I want to talk about that as well. Iowa has hurt themselves so much. I mean, when we play Purdue, it is Iowa mistakes that cause Iowa to lose these games. Now, Purdue comes out with a great game plan. I don't want to take away anything from Purdue. But Iowa has traditionally hurt themselves in these games against Jeff Brown. We're going to be talking about all that here in a second. And I also want to give you my predictions as well. Can Iowa cover a spread of 11 and a half? Can Iowa cover the over-under of 42? Or can Iowa and Purdue go over or under the 42 and a half? You can figure that out and make those bets at betonline.ag because betonline.ag is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And the game starts at Kinnick tomorrow, and I'm ready for it. Iowa is taking on Purdue. We've talked a lot about the offense. we talked a lot about the defense. Let me tell you about a few other ways that we need to be thinking about this game. It comes down to turnovers, and it comes down to penalties. Let me read this off for you. 2017, Iowa, six penalties, 56 yards. 2018, eight penalties, 75 yards. 2019, seven penalties, 60 yards. And last year, 10 penalties, 100 yards. Iowa does not have a lot of penalties. This year, they're 22nd in penalties. They need to play a clean football game against Purdue. Now, it's worth noting some of those penalties are a result of Purdue attacking Iowa's defense. We had a couple of years ago, we had several pass interference calls. Purdue attacks Iowa's defense, puts them in uncomfortable spots to force penalties being called, essentially. Coming into this game again, Iowa 22nd in penalties with five. Purdue is seventh with 4.2. This is a big deal. Both these teams need to play clean football to win that game. Iowa especially, they have hurt themselves. Just like last year, they ran all over Purdue, had a ton of offense, but fumbled the ball three times in that game against Purdue. We haven't seen very many fumbling issues to this point. The first game, not the best. But Iowa has been really good at keeping a hold of the ball. They need to continue to do that. And they also, as we always know, need to force some turnovers. And it really comes down to which quarterback's going to come in there, Aiden O'Connell or Jack Plummer. As far as predictions go for this game, again, we talked about what needs to happen. Iowa 
needs to stop the run with four guys. I would love to see Iowa play man. On the offensive side of the ball, I believe Iowa needs to attack vertically. And they need to attack often. And they need to attack with the passing attack early on in downs. Early on in series and, and early on in the, the you know the, the the four down series. Then they use the run to wear down Purdue's defense. So the spread is 11 and a half. Iowa has never covered a spread against Jeff Brom in the Kirk Ferentz era. In four games, Iowa has not covered the spread at all. I believe this game goes one of two ways. I think it's going to be either similar to what we've seen in the past, 23 to 20, 20 to 17, 21, 20, somewhere in the close 20s, or it's going to be a blowout by 35 points by Iowa. I don't see any other way this happens. Those are the two options. I do believe Iowa can win this game. I think mentally they're tough and ready to go. I think they are prepared for this game. They have talked a lot, agnosium even, about the fact that they know this is a very important game. They know what Purdue has done to them. This is a really bad spot for Iowa. Typically, betters would look at this spot and they would say, man, Iowa's coming off an emotional win over Penn State. Purdue's coming off a bye. Give the, give the edge to Purdue here. And I don't blame them. But everything you hear in press conferences, Iowa doesn't care about Penn State anymore. They are focused on Purdue. They know what Purdue has done to them, and they don't want to let that happen again. Spencer Petras has a chip on his shoulder. He knows he wasn't able to secure the deal for Iowa last year. They know as an Iowa team, they were a better football team in game eight than they were in game one. And had they won game one, maybe Iowa goes to a New Year's Six Bowl. That's the difference in the season. If they beat Purdue like they should have, they beat Northwestern. They could be there. They could have won the Big Ten West. This is a revenge game for Iowa, and they are ready for this game. I personally think Iowa is going to win by 21, 24 points, something like that. And that's why I'm taking the over. In all of these games, three or four times, the over is hit. It's gone like this, 39 points, 74 points, 46 points, 44 points. I think Iowa wins by 21 or 24 points. I think it's going to be something like 35 to 14. I think Iowa's offense is ready for another explosion. I think Purdue's defense is not as good as we have heard them be talked about. I think Iowa can unveil several issues with that. And obviously missing your starting cornerback is never a good thing for Purdue. That's my prediction, though. You can go take those numbers. Go to betonline.ag. Again, I'm not betting on the spread because I am concerned that I think it's going to be 35 to 14. But there's a very good chance it's 20 to 21, 22 to 23, whatever. I'm taking the over, though, on this. Over 42 and a half. It's either Iowa's going to win by a lot or they're both going to put up 20-ish points, which will get you over that 42 and a half. So tail me if you want at betonline.ag. I want to thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. And I want to remind you that Nate Dickinson is hosting the Lockdown Big Ten podcast. He is covering everything across the Big Ten at Lockdown Big Ten, wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube as well. Thank you all for tuning in to this show. Have a phenomenal Friday and even better weekend. And as always, y'all, let's go Hawks.